This is the Steinberg Show on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. I think it's a good job by the league because anytime we play teams in playoffs, there's rivalry, so um, there'll be some heat, there'll be some fire. It's game one, everyone's excited to go. Um, but we, we have to play our style of game uh, against a really good team. Uh, they've made some moves. A lot of, a lot of uh, people seem to think that they're going to be one of the better teams in the league. So we, gotta, we know we got to bring our A game. you got to bring it every night now in the NHL. And uh, um, our style is, is going to be aggressive, and that's how we know we'll be successful. No shortage of storylines from Denver today. In fact, we just found out another one that uh, helps kick off our program. But that's the captain, Mark Giordano, as we get set for the season opener. Welcome to game day number one. Welcome to Hudson's, and let's dive right in. Let's start with Gio before we get to the breaking news. Here, Logan told you about Brad Living's multi-year contract extension a couple of seconds ago. But the Flames are back to the scene of the crime they had no success in Denver last April. Blowout loss in Game 3, heartbreaker in Game 4, two-goal lead, overtime loss courtesy of Miko Ranton, which sent them back to Calgary with a 3-1 series deficit. Flames are saying they want to park what happened last year, especially with the avalanche on the docket to start the season. Like, Let's just park what happened last year. But... I don't know how possible that is for those of us on the outside. Certainly, that's the attitude that I think you want to have if you're the team. That's probably the best possible attitude to have if you're inside that locker room. But for me as a broadcaster, for you as a fan, probably a little bit more difficult to forget about what happened last year and to forget about how bitter that was when the Flames ended up going out in five games. And I think that for those of us on the outside who have no impact on whether the team wins or loses, it's going to be tough to not think about that regardless of how good the regular season is. And I think for most of us, when it comes to this season for the Flames, it's all about what happens after April. It's all about what happens once the regular season comes to an end. This team could win the President's Trophy. And I think that most people would be like, that's great. Let's see what happens in the playoffs. And that's fair. That is absolutely fair. Because when you have such a great regular season and then flame out in five games, excuse the pun, you're going to set yourself up for those type of expectations, that type of pressure. So we welcome you to the program. It's Pat Steinberg and Logan Gordon along with you. Logo, I, I really feel like the pressure being faced by this Flames team is unlike anything we've seen in about a decade. Last time this team really faced what have you done for me in the spring, probably about a decade ago, right around the time when they were winning the Northwest Division and they were in the midst of five straight playoff appearances. Hasn't been this way in a long, long time. No, and I feel like expectations are, you know, at a, a new level from, you know, you, like you mentioned, the last time that the Flames were consistent playoff teams, uh, you know, going all the way back to the, the Stanley Cup run, uh, you know, all that time ago now, and they were perennial atop the Northwest Division back in the day. And, you know, now there's a, it's funny because this is, feels like it's ramped up so fast for the Flames. They've kind of been in and out of the playoffs for the last few years and now you know they come out and win the Pacific Division last year they finished first in the West and 
you know, they've only been to the first round for all these postseasons except for the one against uh, Anaheim where they beat Vancouver in round one. Now the expectation, you know, is solely for some fans just on the postseason, and that in and of itself is a is a new task for this group of Flames fans because they've always been exceeding expectations for the last little while, and now it's a team that has to go out and perform in the regular season just to to prove that they are they've improved on last season even. Yep. So as it's such a weird scenario to find yourself in from the outside anyway or or to find ourselves in talking about this team in that regular season's great. We've got 82 games to break down between now and April and yet it really doesn't seem to matter what happens in those regular season games. Doesn't matter until the games start mattering for real. On top of all that, you still got to get there. You still mm-hmm. got to make the playoffs, which is no guarantee by any stretch in this league either. It's a very interesting season upcoming. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the Steinberg Show. Live from Hudson's downtown. This is where we are all day. Uh, pre-game at 6 o'clock. Puck drop at 7. Post-game and the first edition of Overtime all coming your way as uh, we get set for game number one between the Flames and the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, this game on television tonight on Sportsnet West. What can we tell you about the lineup tonight? Well, we can tell you that nothing changes from yesterday for Calgary. Michael Backlund will play, so your lines and pairings look like this. Uh, the Flames will go with Monaghan, Gaudreau, and Lindholm. Backlund between Kachuk and Frolik. You'll see Lucic with Ryan and Bennett. Fourth line, Jankowski with Manjapani and Zarnik. Tobias Reeder is your odd man out at forward. On the back end, Jordano Brody, Hannafin Hamannick, Shillington Anderson, Michael Stone is your odd man out. David Riddick gets the start in net for the Flames. Colorado will start Philip Grubauer in net tonight. Uh, their forward lines, if you're interested, looking like this. Nathan McKinnon between Gabriel Landeskog and Miko Rantanen, so they're loading up on that top line. Nazem Kadri between Tyson Jost and Andre Burakovsky. JT Comfer is between newcomer Jonas Donskoy and Matt Nieto. And finally, uh, Belmar between Calvert and Nachushkin. Those are your lines for the Avalanche tonight as these two teams go head-to-head coming up just after 7 o'clock this evening. The connections between the two teams tonight took another turn over the summer. Nazem Kadri is a member of the Avalanche now, but he almost became a member of the Flames. And uh, as Kadri explained today, uh, to Wes Gilbertson and Eric Francis in Denver, very close to coming to Calgary. Here's what Nazem Kadri had to say this morning. Did you come close at all to saying yes to going to Calgary? Yeah, I did. I came very close, yep. And, and your reason, we heard it on the podcast, but just to reiterate, you just... Yeah, well, I, I just uh, didn't really get the impression that, you know, I was uh, I was being shopped around, and, you know, obviously my initial uh, feeling was to, to stay in Toronto, and you know, that's kind of why uh, that whole situation panned out the way it did. It was nothing against Calgary. I, I obviously love that city, and I love going there as a visiting team, but, you know, just had aspirations of uh, staying put. You understand when you go back to Calgary, the fans may not see it the same way? I, it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, that's just the truth. That's, you know, that's genuine, and uh, like I said, it was nothing against the organization. And it was, I, I, that all being said, I still almost came to a decision of actually going there. So, uh you know, it was uh, it was tempting. That is what Nazem Kadri had to say today. He said, yeah, I was very close to coming to Calgary, and I was very close to waving. And you know what? I know that he is going to have plenty of people, probably lots of boos the first time that 
plenty of booze the first time that Colorado comes to Calgary when he touches the puck, and you understand that. But I'll I'll buy that explanation. Basically said he wasn't expecting to be moved, so when he told he was, he decided not to waive his no-trade clause. Um, and I get that. You know what? You're not expecting to be traded. You've played your entire career in Toronto. You say, I don't really – I don't – I believe him when he says it had nothing to do with Calgary and had nothing to do with the organization or the city. So, yeah, I, I think that I buy that explanation. I do, and I understand it. Colorado was not on his no-trade list, so when Toronto struck that trade, they were able to move him. At the same time, I understand if you're a uh, if you're a Flames fan, why you might be a little sour and say, hey, why didn't you come here? Why wouldn't you waive your no-trade clause? I understand it for both sides. Here's what I really know, Logan. Nazem Kadri would look pretty good in a Flames jersey. I think he would have been a really nice fit here, knowing what they're trying to accomplish. And that would have been a, you know, we're, we talk a lot about Mark Jankowski. We talk a lot about what this bottom six could look like. Uh, that type of depth at forward and knowing the type of depth they've assembled on the blue line, that would have that would have been a really nice trade, I think, for the team. But alas, it didn't happen. He's in Colorado now. Yeah, I I, I think I'm I'm kind of on the fence about the explanation still, I think. Because, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I thought he had a 10-team list that he could say no to, right? That is correct. So I, I, I just hesitate to to buy the explanation when, you know, you're thinking, okay, well, you know, if you say no to Calgary, well, there's still 21 other teams that, you know, you have a potential to move to. If Toronto came close to moving you once, I would assume that, you know, they're trying pretty hard to move you one way or the other. So I don't know that I initially buy that. I don't think it's a slight against Calgary necessarily. I, I certainly don't see it like that. But, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, you're right. It's his right to say no. He, he signed that contract, and that was part of his rights. But I, I think he probably saw more of the trade coming past that first point than he, he kind of admits. Um, at the same time, I agree with you, too, that it would have been a really interesting fit here in Calgary because I think he is – a very good and uh, you know useful player in the NHL right now. A guy you know when the Flames have so much depth down the middle to add to that would have been uh, impressive. And I think he you know playoff suspensions aside, plays a game that Calgary likes that physical gritty uh, puck possession kind of player. And it just didn't work out, and the Flames went a different direction this off season. And we'll wrap the segment with. Some news from the Flames. Uh, we found out about 20 minutes ago, just a little under 20 minutes ago, Brad Living, the general manager of the Calgary Flames, has signed a multi-year contract extension. So he is back and not going anywhere. He was in the final year of his contract. And, and you know, you can have different opinions of the job that Tree has done. Um, and you can have different opinions of how the team has performed under tree. But what I like about this is that just get it done with. You can you can always make a decision down the road if you really think it is time to go in a different direction. But don't have a lame duck general manager. Don't have yeah. him sitting for a year and have us talking about it for a year and then come the end. Like it just it doesn't help anybody. Because how do you go about building a long term solution and a long-term plan for your group if you don't even know if you're going to be here beyond this season so get them signed now and let them have the security and you know what i don't think it changes one bit how much pressure this group is under 
and I don't think it changes one bit how much the spotlight is going to intensify if the Flames miss the playoffs, which I don't think is going to happen, or have another disappointing playoff exit, which we don't know. So, and, and this team has, has really not been able to, with this core group of players, get over a hump in the playoffs. So I don't think it changes the fact that the pressure will intensify, the spotlight will get brighter if they end up missing or if they have a disappointing year. What I like is, and I, I think generally Brad has done a good job. I, I am critical of, of some decisions, as any general manager uh, is is open to, but I think by and large he's assembled a pretty decent core and put together a team that is significantly better than when he came here. And that, I think, is why you can say generally he's done a solid job with this team. The ultimate measure is what happens in the postseason. The ultimate measure is championships and, and your ability to compete for a championship but I do generally like the job that he's done with this team. And more than anything else, I do think it's important to get him locked up uh, and not have a lame duck general manager going into a year. That's my feel on it. We'll talk more about that as the afternoon goes along with the Flames have gotten Brad Tree Living locked up on a long-term contract extension. Multi-year deal. He was in the final year of his deal. Brad's been the general manager since April of 2014. He's going into his sixth season as GM of the group. Welcome to Hudson's. Welcome to night one of the Calgary Flames season. Day one of the Calgary flame season get here to hudson's downtown tonight because for game day we are giving away two awesome prizes one we're giving away tickets to the home opener on saturday two we're giving away a trip for two to join pinder and i in regina for the heritage classic both are being given away tonight at hudson's the hockey home opener hudson's talk about a hat trick the road to the cup season opener party is tonight at hudson's score with giveaways and drink specials plus catch the game at hudson's all season long and you can win tickets to the cup finals week five of the nfl season starts tonight let's win you some money on thursday night we'll try and uh, give you a little bit of a tutorial on how best to bet on hockey too that's next as the steinberg show's underway sportsnet 960 the fan the Steinberg Show continues right now. Brought to you by Fifth Avenue Auto House. Steinberg drives a VW from Fifth Avenue. So should you. See them today on Meridian Road, just east of Barlow Trail and south of 16th Avenue Northeast. Patrick Steinberg is only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. I'm at a bar today, and if I started to scream like JR, I, I think I'd get really, really strange looks, and they might ask me to leave. So apologies to Chris Abbott for not going over the top with his intro, but all I can say is, by God, he's here. Business is about to pick up. Hello, Chris Abbott from Odd Shark. How are you? I appreciate your professionalism, Pat, but I will tell you it was great to see JR and Tony Schiavone back calling wrestling last night. How that awesome was, was that, by the way? I, I got to be oh. perfectly honest with you. I was a huge Tony Schiavone fan and, and WCW, and JR is the best, that, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be uh, when it comes to that profession. Sorry to Bret Hart for stealing his saying, but that's what JR, like how cool was that last night? It was unbelievable. So I was watching the Leafs game and some baseball, and, and I didn't. I forgot that the AEW show was on. So I flipped it on at the. Uh, it was the end. It was the Jericho and Young Bucks match, and I was like, "Is that?" Is that Tony Schiavone? Because I didn't know. I, I hadn't seen that he had been signed. And, uh, oh, man, it just took me right back, like, 20 years. It was amazing. Yeah, those, uh, and those guys working together is outstanding, yes. too. 
Like that, that might have been the, as a, you know, wrestling uh, nerd at different times in my life, to see them working together, that was like mind-blown. Uh, so that was, uh, that was very cool last night. Uh, how you feeling? How uh, did we do on the uh, NFL last week? Oh man, I got I did I did not do well in <laughs> the NFL last week. It was uh it was crazy. The the uh you know, the Ravens who were six point favorites lost straight up. You had the Colts who were seven point favorites, they lost straight up to Oakland. Uh, underdogs won eight of the fifteen games straight up last week and they covered ten of the fifteen games against the spread. So it was a really, really good weekend for the sports books. Um uh, hoping to turn that around this week. Well, let's uh, start with Thursday night. The week starts this evening in Seattle. Uh, it's the Seahawks and Rams. Seattle favored by just one point at home. How do you see this one? What uh, pops off the page to you when you take a look at some of the different numbers? Well, you know, I think this line is right about where it should be, Pat. It was uh, one point, I believe, it opened at, so it's moved half a point towards Seattle. The Rams, even though they're 3-1, and one, uh, straight up and against the spread. They have not really been inspiring confidence. Jared Goff on the road has his struggles, and they're coming off allowing 55 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. So I'm leaning towards the Seahawks here. They're starting to look better as the season goes on, and I fear that the Rams are starting to look worse. I think some people have got Sean McVay figured out, and uh, you know Pete Carroll is a, is a wily veteran, despite sometimes he makes questionable offensive play calls. But um, I, I'm going to ride with the Seahawks here. They've, uh, they've shown that they're able to hold offenses in check at least a little bit this season. Um, I thought they looked really good against Arizona and Kyler Murray last week, so I'm going to go with the Seahawks here. Seahawks are minus one at home to the L.A. Rams to open up week five of the NFL season. Let's take a look at a few lines on Sunday. Uh, You mentioned Baltimore being six-point favorites. They lost straight up. They are minus three on the road in Pittsburgh on Sunday afternoon. We could be at a situation where the Baltimore Ravens are maybe the most overrated team in the league. They beat Miami 59-10, and everybody was anointing Lamar Jackson and the Ravens as champions in that division. Then they squeak one out against Arizona. Then they have a backdoor cover against Kansas City in a game that I don't think they were really ever in. And then they get trounced by Cleveland. So... This Baltimore team might not be as good as we had them made out to be. And meanwhile, Mason Rudolph looked pretty good for the Steelers uh, last weekend. So Steelers at home with a little bit of wind under their sails and catching three points. I, I don't know if I can pull the trigger here, but I, I think I like the Steelers. Ravens are only 1-3 and three against the spread this year. What about Tampa, New Orleans? Divisional matchup. The Saints have actually looked pretty good since Drew Brees has gone down. They're three-point favorites at home, which means a lot of books have them have this game as a complete pick on a neutral site, which I think is really interesting. The, the Bucks have been perhaps a little better than expected, but I wasn't expecting just a three-point number for this matchup. No, you or I, uh, what's that? You or I both, nor you or I. Anyway, neither one of us thought it was happening. (laughs) Um, And I, (laughs) it's been a long week, man. I'm getting ready to punch out. I'm heading to Hamilton for the weekend. So, um, 
New or- I like New Orleans minus three here. I think Teddy Bridgewater is still being underrated, and he's been pretty good in relief of Drew Brees. The New Orleans defense totally stepped up their game against Dallas last weekend. They do get that home field advantage inside the Dome. If you'll remember, Tampa Bay came in early last season and you know covered and won against New Orleans. So not that teams really remember that stuff, but you know they do owe them one here. And uh, I think Tampa Bay is just a little too volatile for me to back in this situation. So I think I'm going to go with the Saints here. Um, and just my luck, I suppose Teddy Bridgewater will, uh, will regress. But I'm pretty happy. And then the final line I wanted to look at from Sunday, Green Bay, Dallas Cowboys are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Yeah, I think the big difference in this game is going to be Green Bay's rush defense. It has not been very good this year. It's uh, ranked 25th. Uh, I'm looking at 29th in the league right now, uh, yards per game for the Green Bay Packers, over 140. And I think that's where Ezekiel Elliott will uh, find his way to make a huge impact in this game. Dak Prescott was kind of held in check last week, and a lot of that was because Zeke Elliott never got much going. And uh, that way, Prescott had to throw the ball, and, and it wasn't good. So um, if Elliott can get things going on the ground, they've got to pay more attention to him than Prescott can hit Amari Cooper downfield, uh, as he likes to do at home. I like the Cowboys here to cover this spread. He's Chris Abbott from Odd Shark. Joins us Thursdays to help you win some money on Thursday night and the weekend. Uh, let's shift gears to hockey. It's back. And, and you know, instead of going into specifics this week, I just wanted to ask your overall philosophy. Hockey's a much different sport to bet on game by game than a sport like football is. There's more games. It's you know, it's it's a lower scoring sport. So you've got the money line just like football, but you don't necessarily have the point spread. You've got something called the puck line. Just explain how you go about betting on hockey and your philosophy on betting game by game. Yeah, it is really different. So baseball and hockey are very, very different as opposed to basketball and football, where in basketball and football, you normally bet the spreads. The spread in baseball and hockey is always set at one and a half. So you can bet that. But like you said, it's a lower scoring sport. So a lot of times you focus on the money line. And with that, like sometimes you see huge underdogs in football you know, like plus 300 on the money line, you very rarely see that in hockey. Like even, uh, you know, Tampa's a huge favorite tonight. They're minus 175, but the Panthers are plus 155 on the money line, which I kind of like. I think uh, Florida's being undervalued here. Um, So I do like to make money line plays because they they work right through to the end of a shootout. It's win or lose. Um, I like that aspect of it. You know, when you play the puck line, if a game goes to overtime and you have the favorite, you cannot win because they can't win by two once the game goes to overtime. And, of course, you know we see so many overtime and shootout games. So I really do like the money line plays. Um, Sometimes it doesn't make sense. For example, in a game like, uh, let's see, Pittsburgh is a minus 185 favorite at home to Buffalo tonight. So that's a game where I'd, I, instead of looking at the puck line first, I'd look at the total. And, you know, with Matt Murray and whoever's going for Buffalo, I haven't checked that yet. I, I think I like over six goals in that. In fact, the line has already moved to six and a half. And you've got, uh, you know, a Buffalo team that was one of the best over teams in the league. So I bet a lot more totals in hockey than I do, I think, in other sports. And uh, I do prefer to play on the money line. I uh, I went with a three-team parlay tonight. Uh, okay, let me have it. Let me have it. Calgary winning in Colorado, Winnipeg winning okay. in New York, Montreal winning in Carolina. 
two out of three of those I like. I think Calgary can get the jump on Colorado in their home opener. And, I mean, I know you've got to pick Calgary. I don't think you're allowed to come on and bet against them. So uh, I respect that. I think the Carolina Hurricanes may be primed to take a step back this year. Um, and I, I never really know what to think of Montreal these last few seasons. But um, I think they're a good price at plus 140. I'm seeing them on the money line. But – I think you might be in trouble with the Jets pick. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, Line A just getting back in the fold. Connor just getting back in the fold. The Rangers, I think, are much improved. Uh, the Jets are heading in there into Madison Square Garden to open the season. I'm going to say I like the Rangers here, but, man, I hope I'm wrong. I hope you win. I do, too. That would be really nice. You just have to, have to throw <laughs> iron in the fire, hey? I'm excited to see Capo Caco play, and uh, the only reason where I do think you might catch a break here, and I hate saying this, especially on the radio, uh, I've said it in my private moments for a couple of years, but Henrik Lundqvist is pretty much done. I know he's going to get the start here tonight, but I think Georgiev is the goaltender that's going to get the bulk of the big games before this season is over. That's just my personal feeling, but you know that Lundqvist is going to start tonight, and uh, they're going to need him to be good against the Jets. Uh, do we? Should I ask you about this controversy surrounding the the Patriots and Bills game last weekend? Um, well, you're going to have to tell me what will the CRTC think if we have this conversation. Are we okay? I I, I think so. If you choose your words properly, I think we'll probably okay. be okay. All right. Um, we had a bet, and this is a legitimate bet. You could put money down on it. And uh, you may recall in the game between the Bills and the Patriots last year that there was a um, a a sex toy. We'll just call it that. I think it's <laughs> See, okay that, to that say works that. Perfectly. That works perfectly. An adult toy, maybe in the uh, shape of uh, some male forms okay let's go with that people know what we're talking about there was a question about whether one of those would be thrown on the field yes was minus 140 and no was like plus 110 plus 120 um they just expected one to be thrown on the field i think the one was they found one in the end zone there last year and people like what is that um and there's some controversy here not because of whether or not it happened uh or if it happened it's uh, we're getting conflicting reports. Some people are saying yes, some people are saying no. And in fact, I'm still waiting to hear back from the sports book how they graded that bet. So while you can bet on vanilla things like the Winnipeg Jets and the New York Rangers and who's going to win, you can bet on a whole lot of other stuff. I'm sure Pinder's going to get a kick out of this when he hears it. Good stuff, Chris. You know what? You, when when you say that you can bet on anything. This is the perfect evidence as to why you're not lying. Thank you, pal. We'll talk again on Thursday. Absolutely. And uh, just I know there's a big UFC event this uh, weekend. I know a lot of guys love watching that. There's a brand-new video up on our website, oddshark.com. Check it out. I'm not the one to ask about it, but our UFC experts have uh, some predictions over there. Oddshark.com is where you want to go. They have got all of the lines from all the different sports books, and the best part about it, they tell you where to go for it. They, they give you the analysis. They give you the best looks. If you are into sports gambling, you've got to check out Oddshark before you put any money down, and I mean that. They have been a huge help over the last number of months. Thank you, Chris. We'll talk next week. You're welcome, Pat. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. One more thing. I was supposed to tell you, you've got to trust Jordan from the website more often. He's actually given me a few picks. I'm going to leave that out there. We can get back to that another time. But Jordan knows his stuff. <laughs> I will, uh, I will re- reluctantly say thank you for saying that. <laughs>
All right. <laughs> See you, Chris. Bye. Chris Abbott with a Jordan the Web Guy shout out at the very end. Uh, Chris on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. The same secret recipe since 1975. For pickup or delivery, call 403-248-3344 and find them at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. I'll, I'll give uh, Jordan the Web Guy some credit. The guy actually knows what he's doing in the sports gambling department. He can sometimes bet on things that are a little cringeworthy. Because, like, really, you're betting on preseason sports? But you know what? Each their own. He actually does a pretty good job, as much as that feels like vomit coming out of my mouth. This is the Steinberg Show on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Time to turn up the heat. These are three burning questions on the Steinberg Show on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. What do we got, Logo? How are we doing today? I'm doing good, man. Uh, Let's start with, uh, obviously, the Flames. Uh, We were going to start with the Colorado matchup, but... uh, we have uh, some more recent news from the team as Brad Treliving gets a multi-year extension with the club entering uh, his sixth season as GM of the Flames. So it's a bit of a broad question for you, and it'll take some of your uh, knowledge to maybe come up with some on a short notice here. But uh, in his tenure as GM, what would you say was the best move Brad Treliving's made and the worst move that he's made? Who? Um... Signing, trade... Waiver, anything like that. So let me, there's a lot that rattle around my mind. I, I'm going to go with the worst move that, that has been made is the James Neal signing. It just, it, it had so much risk to begin with. Um, so because of that, the risk was bad, and the payoff obviously turned out to be awful, forced them into the Lucic trade. So I'll go with the Neal signing as the worst. The best you know what i'm gonna go with the work that he did in the summer of i guess that would have been summer of 2016 with the sean monahan and johnny gaudreau contracts because both of them look like absolute steals right now and i know that part of that was luck as to when those deals were signed but even at the time they were able to they, they didn't look like bad signings at the time i think we all said yeah those are really fair signings they didn't overpay and now they look that much better so i'm going to go with those two the gaudreau monahan that, that summer because he got them done within about a month of one another month and a half uh and yeah i'll, I'll go the neil signing is the worst yeah i think i think those are probably fair uh, assessments uh flames kicking off the regular season tonight uh not great in regular season openers as we've uh kind of noted as we get closer and closer to this, but uh, an interesting year for a number of Flames who are either RFAs or UFAs at the uh, end of the season. So uh, I'll ask you this question on the E, or I guess we're hours away from the first game of the year. Uh, Which potential RFA or UFA needs to have the biggest year for the Flames? You've got Um. the likes of TJ Brody, Travis Hamanick. Also, Rasmus Anderson, a potential RFA. So you're, you're thinking in terms of getting another contract yeah. or getting that next contract? Yeah. Um, I, I think the guy that is in the best situation to um, get himself a, a significant deal is Rasmus Anderson. So if, if Anderson can get off to a good start, which I think there's a very good chance of happening, if he can get off to a good start, then I think that this could turn into a really, really nice payday for him. So I'll go Anderson because this guy is trending in the direction of being an everyday top four and potentially an everyday top pairing defenseman. You could Even if you have a good first couple months doing what he's already accomplished, he could get himself a really nice long-term deal. 
And uh, let's end it off with one more NHL question because it's the uh, flavor of the day so far. Eight games uh, on the schedule tonight, excluding the Flames and the Avalanche. Uh, what game will you be keeping your eye on tonight in the NHL? Ooh. Well, last night I actually quite enjoyed that Vancouver-Edmonton game. It's a good game. Uh, the, I thought it was actually a pretty decent game. Um, I'm going to go with the Panthers and Lightning. Uh, Lightning team coming off the President's Trophy, and we all know what happened uh, in the – postseason florida bobrovsky uh, they're supposed to be a, a significantly better team everybody kind of has them as that sexy playoff pick this year so i'm going to go with tampa florida because i'll be able to watch it because it's not on at the same time so that that would be the one that i've got my eye on tonight fair enough uh i think i probably i kind of lean towards jets rangers myself uh, i'm interested for truba to take on his old team and i'm curious as to what winnipeg is just signing those two uh RFAs, and if their blue line can hold up, plus Capocaco could be pretty good for the Rangers. So uh, There you That's go, man, three burning on a uh, Thursday. Thank you, pal. That will do it for the Steinberg Show for Fifth Avenue Auto House. Next up, Pinder and Steinberg. Lots to talk about. All of a sudden, a multi-year extension for a general manager and bad news for the Edmonton Oilers. It took only one game for them to take a real kick in the teeth. I'll tell you more about that. Pinder and Steinberg, minutes away on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.